Chapter 1, Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trinsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and miniskirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Basically, what being pro-love is, is pro-love is the action. So pro-life is like a stance. It's a belief system. It's a vote. You see a lot of Facebook debates, you know, whether you're pro-life and pro-choice, all of that. Mm -hmm. Where our heart is that we are pro-love, where we are not just about a stance, but we want to be the action because it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Mm -hmm. And it's his goodness that draws us to his side. Mm -hmm. And then um, on top of that, having just, you know, we can talk about our our stance until we're blue in the face, but without love, we are a clinging symbol. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Amy. Welcome to She. Hey, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thanks for being here. I am really looking forward to this conversation. I feel like it's a conversation that needs to be had. I really commend you for writing a book on this topic and I just love what you're doing. But before we get into all of that, let's just start off by having you share a little of your story. Tell us what Embrace Grace does and why you felt led to start this ministry as well as write your book, Help Her Be Brave. Oh, that's a lot. Okay. So, well, uh, a little bit about my story is that I had an unplanned pregnancy when I was 19 Mm -hmm. and I grew up in church and had a great family, but I did not have a relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. So I found out I was pregnant, totally terrified. And I just thought, you know what? I have to have an abortion. Like, even though I knew abortion wasn't good that I just, it was like fear, you know, fear makes you do stuff. So I just had convinced myself that that just, I could do that and I could deal with the consequences of the broken heart later. So, uh, me and the father of the baby, we went, we scheduled it. I went to have it done and paid for it as they were explaining it to me and how they were about to do it. I actually ended up hyperventilating and passing out in the abortion room. And when I came to one of the nurses were, was fanning me, she was trying to give me a drink of water. And she said, you're too emotionally distraught to make this decision today. Mm. You can come back another day, but today you're not getting an abortion. And so I went back out in the waiting room and told the father of my baby. And he was, I said, we're still pregnant, you know, and he could see my face was swollen from crying so much. And Mm. so we just kind of decided like, okay, if our dreams are over, our life was over, you know, all of the negative thoughts that we had about the situation. We, we knew we had each other. And so we were like, we can try to figure this out. And we decided to get married when I was 16 weeks pregnant. 
And we, we asked a pastor that had led my husband to the Lord years before if he would marry us, but he said, no, I'm sorry, because you've sinned, I will not bless this marriage. And we were like, oh my gosh, we are such horrible people. We can't even be married and be blessed. And we yeah. found someone else who would marry us, but it definitely just felt like a heaviness totally. on our wedding day. And so then we tried to go back to church after that, but it was like the elephant in the room and people don't know whether to say congratulations or I'm sorry. Right. And wow. so they don't really say anything. And then you feel alone in a crowd of people. Yeah, and with so, a new baby or with a pregnancy too, yeah, like as right. if that's not hard enough on your own. Yeah. Yes. Wow. And, and so you're struggling with all these feelings of shame and I did this terrible mm-hmm. thing. And then, but then also kind of being excited, you know, it, it took a while to get there, but eventually being excited about the baby and, Mm -hmm. you know, but still not really having feeling like you can be excited or people going to judge you, you know, all just so many mixed emotions. But one thing that's really cool is that pastor that wouldn't marry us. He did call my husband two years later and he asked for forgiveness. He felt like it was his worst mistake in pastoring history that he had ever made. And he said, will you please forgive me? And my husband loves this pastor. He was like, yes, I forgive you. And, um, and so they have such a close relationship and, and I had, I have a son, I have four kids now and I'm, you know, I'm still married to my baby daddy. It's been 25 Mm -hmm. years and, but I have a son, he's 24 now and he's married and he says he was an overcomer before he was ever even born and that Satan had a plan to take him out, but he's here. And then he is, shares his story and speaks and he, uh, he went to Oral Roberts university, got a degree in theology and got an MBA. Like, it's just amazing to think that it was so close that he wouldn't, that he wasn't here and to see like the impact that he's making and and all of that. And so, and then one other part to the story is that when he was 16, that pastor that wouldn't marry us, he asked me to come speak at his church and he was very open with his congregation about what he had done years before. And so after I spoke, he asked me to come back on the platform and he asked my son, Jess, to come on the platform. And he said, Amy, years ago, I asked your husband for forgiveness, but I never really asked you, will you forgive me? And I was like, yes, of course, I forgave you a long time ago, you know. But then he looked at my son, 16, in front of the whole church. And he said, will you forgive me for planting seeds of rejection in your heart before you were ever even born? And while you were in your mother's womb, I rejected you. Mm. And my son, 16, in front of the whole church says, I forgive you. And it was such a powerful moment. Like you could feel church wounds being lifted in that room. The fact that the pastor would humble himself in that way. And so, you know, going back to my own story of like, I went to church every single week. Yes, I didn't have a relationship with the Lord, but I still went. I went on Wednesday. My parents made me, you know, I went on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, all the time. Why did I not feel like the church was a safe place to go to when I found out I was pregnant to ask for prayer, wisdom, guidance, support, counsel, but instead it was the last place I wanted to go to. And why didn't anyone ever tell me what a pregnancy center was? You know, these free pregnancy centers that are around the nation that help moms and give them free sonograms. And no one told me that they existed. And instead, I went straight to the abortion clinic. And so that is what we want to change with Embrace Grace. All of that inspired starting an organization that uh, we want the church to be one of the first places a girl runs to instead of the last because of shame and guilt. And so we partner with pregnancy centers. I love Tony Evans. He's one of my favorite pastors. He says that the pregnancy centers are the first response team and the church is the hospital. And I love that. Like it's where we're linking arms. So we have Embrace Grace as a 12-week 
curriculum for the moms that is done within the churches. They get a baby shower, they get loved on. But what's so great is that they're getting the organic support of the church, like people that have different strengths and gifts inside of them that they can help her because every girl walking through this, they have very complex needs and hard, messy situations sometimes. And it's not like a cookie cutter response of how we can help her. It's really going to take the church, like being in the trenches with her and helping her and walking alongside her, encouraging her. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we want to provide. There's over 300,000 churches in America. And if we Mm -hmm. all were doing our part, I think we really can make abortion unthinkable. So, um, and then, and, and as far as help her be brave, the book that is, I just think that a lot of people just don't really know that there is a really amazing movement of organizations and people that are making a difference. And I think sometimes we think, well, I'm maybe pro-life and I vote a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so that's like my checkbox. And I did that. When really we can't just say, you know, make abortion illegal and then say, good luck, hope it works out for you. Like we really need to be uh, helping them. And so it just help her be brave has tons of practical ideas, uh, whether you're an individual and want to individually help a mom or whether you want to partner with different organizations that do really awesome and amazing things to help support the moms and and whatever she might be walking through. Mm -hmm. So it has over 300 ideas on how to get involved in the movement. Wow. So powerful. Thank you for sharing your story and just being so vulnerable with that. And I love what, you know, has grown out of that just with this this ministry and this work that you're doing. And you're so right about it being a huge problem that the church is not the first place most women with unplanned pregnancies turn and they feel like that's not a safe place. And it's so interesting. I actually heard a quote one time and I wish I could remember who said it, but it said something like, as Christians, we want to know more about what, or we want people to know more about what we're for than what we're against. And I think- yeah. What can be so tough about the pro-life movement, the pro-life stance, is that it sometimes feels like this is what you're against versus Mm -hmm. like, we are for women, we are for life, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't get communicated that way very clearly or it doesn't always come across the way or things happen like with what happened with that pastor where there's a lot of church hurt and what a beautiful like full circle redemption story in that relationship and in healing that hurt that probably came from that that wound of rejection that was planted so early on not only in your in your son's life but also in you and your husband's life you were relatively young totally. and you know to know that that was something that was healed is so huge but so many people do not have that healed and they and they carry that burden and that, and that shame and that rejection and that pain from you know something someone that from church or a mentor or just somebody said that tainted their view or you know made them feel more about what the feel more of what the church was against than what they were for and I think that leads to the next thing I wanted to ask you about, which is you write that pro-life is a stance, but pro-love is an action. Can you really dig into what this means and what issues you see and how Christians approach the pro-life movement? Let's just kind of park here for a second. Yeah. Well, I we are one of our taglines is we are pro-love. We have pro-love t-shirts, all of that. And basically what being pro-love is, is pro-love is the action. So pro-life is like a stance. It's a belief system. It's a vote. You see a lot of Facebook debates, you know, whether you're pro-life and pro-choice, all of that, Mm -hmm. where our heart is that we are pro-love, where we are not just about a stance, 
but we want to be the action because it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Mm -hmm. And it's his goodness that draws us to his side. Mm -hmm. And then um, on top of that, having just, you know, we can talk about our our stance until we're blue in the face, but without love, we are a clinging symbol. And so we want to not be a clinging symbol. We want to be a, a, a point of hope and love. And, and that's what Embrace Grace is trying to provide through the church and how this organic help is ha- happening. We have over 1,100 support groups in churches in around the nation and in all 50 states that people can lead these support groups and walk alongside these moms and help them hold their hands through, not just the pregnancy. You know, the pro-choice side does like to say, well, you only care about the baby. Yeah. You don't care about her. You don't care about the mom and what she's walking through, which is so not true. We do care about the mom. And what's so cool about the church is the church can walk alongside her forever. If she'll stay connected, you know, and a part of a spiritual family, like that's what we want to do is walk through life with her, not just through the pregnancy, but for her whole life and do life together. And that's what we can do as a church. I mean, I've seen the church give cars to single moms. I've seen people come forward and say, Hey, I'm great at HR. Like I'm really great at resume writing. That's what I do for my job. So can I help some single moms help Mm -hmm. build their resume? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many things that we can do as the church because we think of the church as a building, but we are the church. Mm -hmm. We're a people, God's people. So even outside the walls, like how do we help her, mm-hmm. help her be brave and help her uh, feel empowered in her her life decision? Not that she had to choose a certain way because what was illegal or illegal, mm-hmm. but it is that she felt empowered. Why would I feel like I need to have an abortion when there's so much love mm-hmm. and there's so much support out there and there's churches that are right there that are going to help me through this? Mm-hmm. I feel like I can make a life decision, which is what we want to do and want want the church to help do as an organization. It has to be so rewarding to see and not I don't know if, I don't even know if rewarding is the right word maybe just like powerful to see women who otherwise may have chosen to have an abortion get connected through some of these support groups and be able to be empowered to make a decision that they probably otherwise wouldn't have had the support to make. I mean, that is Total. that's that's the goal, the dream, but it I think it can seem So like you said, the pro-choice side really does push this idea of like, well, you only care about the baby. And it's like, sure, there's probably school and situations where they're just so focused on what's wrong to do, kind of like what we mentioned before, that they aren't really stepping up and how are we supporting families and mothers, you know, beyond the birth, if you will. That's not to say that the church holistically and as a whole is approaching it that way. And I think, unfortunately, you have one bad encounter that makes you think that's the the case. And it's like the reality, like you said, is the church in so many ways are the ones who are actually doing the most for women in these cases. We just need to hear about it more um, and know how we can get involved in that. So, yeah, I mean, but I just can't imagine how I can just imagine how how powerful that would be to see. Oh, we say we have front row seats to miracles. It is amazing. Mm, that's amazing. <laughs> okay. So in your book, you also share some inter- interesting stats. And I want to touch on that just in terms of stats about women who have abortions. And one that stuck out to me was that four in 10 women are regularly attending church when they have an abortion, which was kind of your case when you were exploring abortion. <laughs> what are some other statistics in your book that you share? And what do you think these statistics can teach us about how to support women walking through unplanned pregnancies? 
Well, one in four women have abortions and the abortion rate is exactly the same inside the church as it is outside. So there's no difference. They're sitting in our pews, but since no one's talking about it, they don't really feel like it's a safe place for them to go and and discuss options or talk through things. And they don't maybe don't know about a pregnancy center as well. And also that there have been so many women that you know, to think 25% of our churches have women that have experienced an abortion and that Mm -hmm. kind of hurt and pain and trauma Mm -hmm. that is around that and that pastors aren't talking about it. I mean, there's so many great abortion healing programs that are out there. I, I go to a church where they have abortion healing groups at every campus. I feel like that is super important as well, you know, to, to, help her through the healing process Mm -hmm. because it is so hard, you know, to, to walk through something like that. But Mm -hmm. I think that has a lot of pastors are like, Oh, we don't have pregnant people in our church. And we're like, yeah, you do. You you do (laughs) have pregnant people in church, but say it is like a tiny church with senior citizens and they really don't, we want to change the pastor's perspective to look at it as, well, then look at at this as an outreach. Like how can you go out in your community and find these moms? And a lot of times it is partnering with the pregnancy center and then referring them back to your church and telling these moms, like being a a family for them and and walking alongside them. Mm -hmm. And so I just wish pastors would talk about it more. They don't have to talk about abortion is wrong, but Mm -hmm. talking about healing and hope and all that. I remember one time I spoke at this conference and I had 10,000 women there. It was at a, I go to a church called Gateway Church in Dallas and it was their big women's conference back when they used to do it bigger. And the very end of my talk, I was being interviewed on, on the platform at the very end. I just felt like the Holy Spirit was wanting me to say one more thing. And I just said, if there's anyone out there that is here and that you've experienced an abortion, mm-hmm. that God wants to heal your heart and that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That's what Revelation 12, 11 says. And he wants to start that process of healing your heart. But sometimes you need to talk about it. You need to bring it out into the open. And, and he loves you and that he does qualify you to like serve in this movement. You can be the person you wish you had years ago when you made that decision. Mm-hmm. Who did you need in your life at that time? You can be that for someone else. So that was it. It was like 30 seconds. Well, afterwards, I went back to the, our booth. We had a booth there. Our booth was inundated with women. I mean, tears, so many. But one specifically, I'll never forget. She had, it was three women and they all had matching t-shirts. They were sisters. And so, but the one in the middle, they were like holding her up. And she was crying so hard. And they said, one of the sisters said she wanted to come meet you. You know, she wanted to talk to you. And so finally, when she was getting her composure together, I'll never forget what she said. She looked at me and she said, do you mean to tell me that I can use me? And it was like it had never dawned on her that she could serve in a church or help women because of her past decision. She had been kind of paralyzed Mm -hmm. by the trauma and the pain and the shame and resentment and all of all of those feelings like she had been and no one had ever given her permission to to find healing in that and uh but to see that happen in her heart like there i just there how many women are sitting next to us at our churches that have never told a soul that they've gone through something so hard but they just don't know that it's a safe place to talk about because a pastor or people aren't talking about in our churches when really it's a it's a big statistic there that's happening in the churches wow did you say that she said that you mean to tell me god can still use me is that what you said she said it cut out for a second 
Oh, yes. Like God can still wow. use me. Isn't like it was so, just she couldn't yeah. wrap her brain and, and it's like, you know, she'd been sitting in the in the church and listening to sermons. And I bet she had listened to sermons on, you know, so many of the broken people God used, Paul and David. And Paul was killing Christians, you know, like, you know, a, an abortion <laughs> is one life. But imagine, you know, being the guy who killed Christians for like a living, you know. Um, and David, who slept with his, you know, with someone else's wife and then killed that guy, you know, it's like, and God still used these people who did these horrific things. And so it's like, we can hear that. But I think when we carry so much of so much of our own shame in some area or another, it's so difficult sometimes to apply that to our own specific set of circumstances. It's almost like we set these Bible characters apart, like, oh, well, yeah, but that's because that was David, you know, (laughs) it's like like you exclude yourself. Yeah. Yeah. The equation. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. Did you see? My new book, Embrace Your Almost, is officially out in the world, and I can't believe it's available to you anywhere books are sold. You can grab it from Amazon or Target or Barnes & Noble or Books A Million. There's some special editions out there, too. Target has an exclusive edition. Barnes & Noble and Books A Million both have signed editions. And you can also get it at local independent bookstores. Anywhere books are sold, you should be able to find it. So if you are walking through a season of unmet expectations or disappointment or broken dreams or waiting or uncertainty, this book will bless your life. If you are not in one of those seasons, but you're just not entirely sure what's next for you, this book will bless your life. And if you have a loved one or a friend or a sister who's walking through a season like that, who's dealing with unmet expectations or broken dreams or uncertainty or waiting, this book will be such a great gift for her or something to pass on to her. So if that sounds like something you need or something a loved one in your life needs, grab a copy. Grab a copy from Amazon. Grab a copy from Barnes & Noble, from Target, from anywhere books are sold. I cannot wait to hear what you think. And I cannot wait to not only get this message in your hands, but also for you to pass on this message and share it because I believe it's more than a message. It's a movement. So as you listen, as you go about your day, I would love for you to put it in order, grab a copy and start reading as soon as it arrives at your door. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica, empathy is our best policy. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Okay, this is kind of leading to the next thing I wanted to ask about because I want to talk a little bit about abortion vulnerable women and how you know we can really reshape our view of them. So how do you think we as the church and as individuals, like as just individual people need to maybe rethink or reshape our view of birth moms and abortion vulnerable women, like women who choose to go forward with adoption and or women who are, you know, in the place of an unplanned pregnancy and considering abortion or in that place of vulnerability and and leaning in that direction? How can we shape and shift our view of them? Well, you know, if you look at the top reasons why women have abortions, fear is the root mm-hmm. of pretty much all of them. I mean, fear of finances, um, you know, not being able to afford a baby, fear of their education being interrupted or their job, uh, fear of parents being mad. Fear is the root of of all of that. So our, one of our taglines is to help her be brave. So we want her to see come up higher and see the bigger picture. And it's so hard when you're in that crisis mode. It's like you have tunnel vision and you can't see past like, I can't see how. I can get through this, mm-hmm. but I love, you know, I've seen so many times how sometimes when God wants to woo his daughter back to his heart, he might just give her a baby to do it. And he might just give her the sweetest face that she's ever laid eyes on mm-hmm. so that maybe she can get a tiny glimpse of how much God must love her. Mm-hmm. And so, but we have to get her to come up higher and like help her see the bigger picture and know that she's not alone and really tackle those things that maybe is uh, those thoughts and feelings that she's having regarding the her situation of like, because it's not, there's not a, a one response to this question because mm-hmm. there's so complex and so nuanced what each mom is walking through. But we want to help her get her connected to pregnancy center, help her see the sonogram, see that baby is huge. And with birth moms, you know, I just, I've walked alongside a few 
birth moms. And I just am blown away every single time, their courage mm-hmm. and bravery of, of their decision and the fact that they sacrificed their body for nine months mm-hmm. to save a baby's life when they they could have chose abortion. And in a lot of times, maybe that would, in their minds, it could have seemed simpler mm-hmm. because there's so many people that ask questions and like, what are you going to do? Just give your baby away. You know, they say things that are, can seem disrespectful or confusing or, or whatever, when really they are making such a beautiful choice mm-hmm. to choose a family and to, to have, have that baby be loved. And, but I just think about how Moses's mom mm-hmm. must've felt, you know, when she put Moses in the basket mm-hmm. and just hoped and prayed that the baby would be okay. And the courage that must've took, and that's kind of like what she's doing. She's hoping and praying. And then God allowed her to still be a part of the baby's life. And then Moses changed the world. Mm-hmm. So we just, I think that we do need to change our perspective on birth moms or just even be more educated on what that decision can look like with a now more open adoptions, if that's what they choose. And it's such a beautiful sacrifice that they're making, but it's also extremely hard, even walking alongside them afterwards. And it's like an emptiness, you know, it's like, like a a body part is chopped off almost, you know, it's like they've been carrying around this baby for nine months and now all of a sudden it's not there. And where is the baby, you know, and there's so much grief and roller coaster of emotions. One of the things we do in Embrace Grace for Birth Moms that plays for adoption, a couple weeks after they place, we throw them a celebration of life party and people come from all over and they just, even whether they knew her or not, but they just speak life into her and they're buying her things that We've had one mom that was wanted to be a photographer. So everyone chipped in and bought her like a super nice camera. But on top of it, it's like she's getting new clothes and because she wants to kind of be done with her maternity clothes, you know, and it's like a fresh start. We do even just speaking words of encouragement. We do this thing where it's like a bowl of beads and all the beads are different colors and textures and sizes and shapes. And we go around each one and we pull a bead out and we, you know, we feel like I've chose this bead because your baby's eyes were blue, you know, or this pearl because of the hard things you've walked through and how you are, are being refined and you're beautiful and, you know, all this, and it's stringing it along and someone's writing it all down in a journal. And it's so beautiful. She's got by the end, this beautiful necklace. I mean, there's so many tears mm-hmm. and, but also just so much love and compassion for her and to say that we're in this with you and we love you and getting her connected to uh, birth mom support systems as well as super important. Wow. That is so incredible. And I'm so thankful you shared that because I do think just when when you've not walked alongside someone or know someone personally or in that situation where you're connected with someone in this situation, it's it's so easy to almost like forget about that part of the equation, especially like in an adoption situation or or disregard it maybe. It's like a birth mom is not a means to an end for whatever the adoptive family, you know, maybe or for right. the adopt, for the adoptive family or anything. They are a vessel for life. And that is when you shift your perspective on like that, that's such a high honor. Honor, even though there's so much hardness and grief that can come with that. But the bravery and the courage, I mean, truly is like the most moving and powerful thing. And I don't totally. know if you can fully understand it until you've 
been touched by it personally, but I'm thankful that you, totally. that you share that because, and I'm so thankful that there are people out there doing things like that for birth moms, because mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine just saying, okay, I'm going to go like go back about my life now. Like you've been changed. Like, it's like, like mm-hmm. something massive happened in your life. And then it's almost like, I think for a lot of women, not even really acknowledged because there's not, it's like that chapter ends and then it's like, now what, you know? And I think that idea of a fresh start is just so beautiful and also celebrating her courage and celebrating who she is and what she's done is for her child is, is huge. Yeah. And so healing, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. So I'm, I'm so encouraged to hear that you're doing that. Okay. I want to kind of shift back a little bit, but there's another quote you said that I want to touch on before we wrap up. You you also said that if abortion became illegal today, the church would not be ready to help women with unplanned pregnancies practically, spiritually, and emotionally. Can we dig into this a little bit more and how you think the church can do a better job on a practical, spiritual, and emotional level? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I wrote the book and it released in 2021. So it was actually right before Roe was overturned, which, you know, Roe was overturned, but it's uh, abortion is still legal in about Mm -hmm. half the state. But yeah, there's so many churches that are like, well, we vote a certain way. So we're done, you know, yay. And Roe was overturned. And they think that that chapter is done and they haven't really thought through of like, well, what does that look like now? Practically, Mm -hmm. that there's women. Yeah. And where do we fit in all of this? And so when that, but I think it's not necessarily that churches don't want to help. I think there could be a few, I'm sure there probably are, but it, but it's more of like, they just haven't thought it through, Mm -hmm. you know, what does that look like? All of these women now that don't have access to abortion, or maybe they do, but they have to go extra far, Mm -hmm. you know, across state lines and all of that. But what is our responsibility as a church to help her? And we can't just say, good luck you know, hope it works out for you and goodbye or kick her out of youth group or, you know, I mean, I've heard the craziest stories of the way the church's response to this issue. And we have to do better. We've got to help her practically, spiritually, and emotionally. And again, Embrace Grace groups are a good like bridge to get that girl in the door of the church, of the church getting her comfortable with it. And then you can kind of see what her needs are. But, and and it's not about, we're not condoning sin. We're not rewarding bad behavior. We're just loving people. Mm-hmm. And just because a baby is unplanned by the mom, the baby is always planned by God. Mm-hmm. And so we want to yeah, it's not like help God's surprise. Like, Oh crap. Didn't see that one right. coming. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we just have to, we have to change our perspective of like, we did our pro-life work. We voted a certain way. We're done. No, this is, there's a spotlight on the church right now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how are we going to help and and help these moms? And how can we make abortion unthinkable Mm -hmm. so that they don't even want to go across state lines or whatever? We want to help her know that she's not alone. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Okay. I know you have tons of practical ideas in your book about how to support someone walking through an unplanned pregnancy. What are some of the, you know, practical ideas or what are some resources you recommend for those who want to learn how to get more involved and provide better support? Is Embrace Grace a place where we can learn? What are some resources we can, we can turn to? Yes. Embrace Grace is a huge way. Embracegrace.com. Um, also helperbebrave.com. That is the website that goes connected to the book, but there's also a really fun quiz. If you're just like, I don't even know what I'm good at. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how I can help a mom. Mm-hmm. You can go to helperbebrave.com and take the little quiz and it gives you a PDF of like, it's like a personality quiz. And then it gives you ideas that has, that really might 
make you excited about getting getting involved. So it's if you're super relational, you can get involved relationally by using those superpowers. Or maybe you're really strategic or you're really administrative. There's ways. But I think sometimes we overcomplicate it or think we have to go serve with the ministry. And maybe you're in a place or a season where you can't lead an Embrace Grace group or mm-hmm. you can't. But there's little things like I talked to a lady the other day that said that she had an unplanned pregnancy and she lived on the second floor of an apartment complex. And after she had her baby, little things like how do I take out my trash and hold the baby carrier at the same time? Do I just leave the baby? Cause she had to take, it was a, an apartment where you have to take it to the dumpster. Mm-hmm. So she's like, do I leave the baby in the house of the apartment and lock her in and the car, car seat? You know, how do I do it? Mm-hmm. But she said she would put it out every night for the next morning for her to take it. And she said every morning she would get up and it was gone. Mm-hmm. And she found out later it was someone that just was like, well, I saw you had a lot on your plate. And so I would take it out. But she, for the longest time, she had no idea who was doing it. And mm-hmm. she said that she felt like it was Jesus that was taking the trash out for her. And so it's like, that is such a simple thing, but it was a huge yes. thing for her. And so people knowing that there's support like that, or that God's going to take care of her. And we are her miracle. A lot of times, you know, they're praying for a miracle. God, do you see me? And a lot of times as the church, we are her miracle. If the Holy Spirit is talking through us and we're being obedient, that's mm-hmm. how we can help her. So little, yeah. we don't have to overcomplicate it. It can be simple or you can, you know, get totally involved serving in a pregnancy center, helping with adoption, like Lifeline is an amazing ministry as well to get involved with. Awesome. We'll have to check that out. And I'll probably try to link some of this stuff too, including your book and the websites and all that. But one last question I have is if a woman does decide to choose adoption, let's say she says, okay, I'm going to you know, choose to have this child, but I'm going to choose adoption. What suggestions do you have for how we can support her in that decision, which may be a little bit different than supporting someone who's choosing to parent? Yeah. And going through Embrace Grace, you can either place for adoption or parent. So Embrace Grace is a great, but also Lifeline, again, is such a great national agency ministry. I was meeting with one of their Texas reps the other day, and she was running a little late for lunch. And we sat down. She said, sorry, I was at the zoo with a birth mom, and it was the baby's one-year birthday. So Mm -hmm. I took the birth mom out to the zoo to celebrate. They didn't even have the baby with her. Mm -hmm. But like, they were still loving on her even yeah. a year later. Like, how beautiful is that? Yeah, that's so awesome. uh, Lifeline's a great ministry to connect to. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Amy, thank you for sharing so much of this, your story, your heart, the practical resources, the tools you're creating, and the, just all that you're doing to not only empower women and help them through this really difficult time, but also the church and how we can be the hands and feet of Jesus better in this situation that I think the church has just kind of fumbled a lot, to be honest, and just kind of been yeah. like, what are we doing? We know it's some we want to help with we don't know how and then we just kind of flop you know and i think um really having yes exactly so having the tools and the resources and the the research and the information and all of that in one place and and in various places that you point us to is so is so important and so helpful so i'm very thankful for all that you're doing where can we learn more from you and where can we get your book if we want to dive deeper yeah, go to embracegrace.com. You can get the book there. Also on Amazon, Helper Be Brave is on there. But check out embracegrace.com. Follow our social medias at Embrace Grace Inc. on Instagram and Facebook. And you can get more ideas on how to get involved with Embrace Grace and the movement. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been such a joy to chat with you. Yeah, thank you, Jordan. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at 
Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15, discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know.